0: Brought to you this week from a rooftop terrace which has added electric light. Welcome to Hand of Welcome to Ander pod this week, everybody. Um, in addition to the, the new light bulb that we have put in, if anybody would like to send in donations so that we can get our freezer sorted and enjoy our Fernet that little bit more each week, please get in touch via the normal email address. I'm sitting here with both of the Dams and Seba, as normal.
1: Hello.
0: And welcome back, Seba. A, you've been absent last week. I, I
1: really miss you. I missed the best, the best week of the season yeah. to to come a, record we could have spent the
2: entire hour talking about Independiente but I was yeah. outnumbered this week last week so I yeah. had to moderate it a bit no,
0: th- thank god we didn't uh, <laughs> but it is good to have you back and to have Queen's Park Rangers almost in front of the league as well um, yours
1: thank you <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've had a, a really interesting week in the in the local league it's been almost at times the kind of result that makes you wonder whether anybody actually wants to win this league title all of the top three lost, River Plate lost at home to to Godoy Cruz after taking the lead and that happened immediately after almost Bela uh, Sarsfield who were the leaders going into the into the rounds, suffering probably the biggest shock of the weekend losing 3-2 at home to Kilnes in what looked like a bit of a thriller although I was watching the River game so I missed the second half of it because the River game kicked off at half time of that um, and the other one was uh, Colón Estudiantes. beat Estudiantes away didn't mm. they 2-0 once again Colón keeping up what's becoming a bit of a tradition this season of being crap at home and beating really good teams away any other results that stood out for you guys obviously the Racing one
2: well I think but something more we could add about the River game is that with that result the three points for Gordo Cruz they go second yes they're just one point right. they were probably yeah. the
3: big winners on the weekend because everybody yeah, else is every, yeah, in the winners. top or lost yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
1: and we're recording this Before Olimpo takes on Lanús yeah. On this Monday yeah. night uh, Last game of the, of the week And
2: they could they can go Shake up seconds. things At the top of the they table were, yeah. and, and in the, the relegation yeah. Cause yeah. As I'm, always Because yeah. I believe that Now um, If we Maybe if we start with River Yeah They've fallen into The promoción joint with Tigre no, they, Or is that still, if, if Olimpo, Olimpo, Olimpo win If Olimpo, 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 Olimpo win Olimpo yeah. they will do Yeah Which um. Even about Three fixtures ago looked very unlikely Yeah
0: it, it just reinforces the point that we we made that we've all made several times this season. Actually, with all boys doing so well during the Apertura and Olimpo doing so well during the Clausura that a couple of wins in a row for those clubs really shakes everything up for the the more established clubs who are, who are battling relegation.
1: Yeah, and, and another team they probably don't have a lot of room to make mistakes and and, and take false steps. But Kilmes, they won two in a row And yeah. suddenly mm. they're looking I- At least in contention to Try and sneak uh, A place in the promoción mm. uh, do sp- <laughs> <laughs> I don't nice. know because, no. yeah, because if, if they manage to get A decent run now and mm. A couple of more, more wins yeah. uh, They beat Vélez uh, away I mean, oh, yeah. that, that is I mean, not an easy no thing to Belez do away, no, no one beats Vélez no. away Vélez, the, be- the best team if you put apertura and clausura together, they're the yeah. team with more uh, with more points than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it was a I haven't seen it.
3: Uh, I, I was watching. The game. I was going to ask if any of you guys saw it because it was a strange game. It was a, as, as you part, it, yeah. expected. Fellas were dominating, but then they just seemed to fall apart in the yeah. in the midfield in in the second half.
1: Yeah. I, I came back home and I had to go outside again, do some shopping outside, and I looked at the screen and it said, Vélez won, Quilmes won, and I said, oh, Vélez is going to win this now, and it was 34 minutes in the second half, yeah, yeah. and then I, w- I went back home, and it was 3-1 yeah. for Quilmes, for and they scored twice in two minutes, and with the same player, another unknown signing from Caruso Lombardi, he was playing in the lower leagues, and then... He brought, it, brought him to Quilmes, uh, Pablo Vázquez, and he scored twice <laughs> uh, away at Vélez. And then Vélez scored late, really late yeah. in injury time.
2: Oh. Well, I think for this we have to give um, Caruso a lot of credit because we've talked about him before. I think we talked about him quite a lot when he took over at Quilmes and... I don't think any of us are particularly fond of him as a person. Although I love him because he's just the funniest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> but you've yeah, you've got to admit he's got a knack of getting points with these kind of yeah, lower really, teams. He's yeah. done it with Racing. He's done it with Tigre, and now he's. I'm not saying he'll do it because there's a long way to go, but he's definitely kind of doing something at that Quilmes that's working.
1: Yeah, I I actually thought Quilmes were dead and gone. And last time I checked I checked the standings. If I'm not mistaken, they're seven or nine points below Olimpo and Olimpo are pretty much still in contention to mm-hmm. to, to save themselves yeah. from relegation so who knows, if they manage to pull together a couple of uh, successive wins they could challenge and, and and it could become a real danger for teams like Gimnasia, Huracan who are really really compromised with Automatic relegation
0: Yeah, and I suppose it's The only thing I've really noticed When I'm looking at the Promenio standings Is just that Kilmes are the one side Who've got fewer than than one point per game Which I suppose makes them look Much further behind than they yeah. necessarily are Given the, the mathematics that are used to work the table out And, and the, the form
1: yeah. The form in which they started the clausura They went like 10 weeks without, without a win mm.
3: Even at this stage I think it would be quite miraculous If they managed to, to yeah. save themselves so. yeah. But
1: in, in Caruso we trust Kind of <laughs> yeah,
0: he, he, he can. Uh, he's capable of resurrecting them, let's say on this uh, yeah. Easter weekend that we're recording just after and another player who was resurrected according to certainly at least one of the Argentine newspapers we were just talking about before starting to record is Martin Palermo he's back at last he's, he's uh, going to be rattling in two goals a game from now on for the rest of the tournament having just about managed to trundle one over the line <laughs> against Orecan yesterday I felt very happy for him because i tweeted before that match that if he didn't manage to score against Orican they should take him out to the shed and shoot him <laughs> um, it, it was a fairly comfortable 3-0 win for, for Boca away from home uh, even without Juan Roman Kelme and even with Martin Palermo <laughs>
1: It wasn't so comfortable a finish for from from Palermo he no. was like really really scared of uh, his confidence was all over the place I mean, he'd, he'd already
0: I- missed at least three or four really good chances by that point as well hadn't he it was, uh, yeah and, and he went center. for
1: he stopped this run at uh, 952 minutes 51 minutes Yeah. and now I wouldn't want to be a, a River fan I mean they, they played the Super Classico uh, in a couple of weeks
2: yeah it's I the kind would, of game he can yeah. win for him. I wouldn't be surprised now if he ends up with six or seven goals for the tournament because it just seems like it's going to you know they love this metaphor in Argentina you know Palermo the movie and he's you know every game is a new chapter in the film of his career and
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it had quite
2: an inspirational you know Chariots of Fire style finale like that
0: and and especially given of course that his his last match which he's stated again today that he'll be retiring after is um it's against Gymnasia, who are yeah. the, the the great rivals of his boyhood, And club the team that he scored
2: shed loads of goals against yeah. in his career.
0: but P- particularly once, two or three years ago, I think, when he was on that run still closing in on Roberto Cerro's professional record for Boca. He scored a hat-trick against Estudiantes mm. one week, and then the very next match he scored four against mm. Team Nassi. It was almost like he was apologising mm. to Estudiantes fans. for. Yeah.
2: I think doing it. I think among the more outlandish things he said, because he was pretty much mobbed by every single football reporter in Buenos Aires after scoring. Mm. And yeah, one of the seemingly more outlandish thing he said is that Boca still have a good chance of fighting for the title, which sounds absolutely ridiculous for us who've seen Boca play, but in kind of pure mathematical terms, they're seven points off the lead, like, mm. it's not out of the question if they can beat Independiente and in the way Independiente are playing, that's, you can probably predict that, I don't know how Dan's predicted but.
3: Later. Yeah. Well,
1: Palermo uh, one of his nicknames is el optimista del gol the, 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 yeah. the optimistic striker or, yeah. <laughs> or something like that so but to be honest i i, I don't think I, I don't think anybody should rule boca out of this uh, title no. contention cuz because every other team they're all struggling to to run away, like yeah.
2: to, to really to put kind of two or three set. victories in a row together, exactly. and really just like pull away. Yeah, yeah, but as, as Dan said, uh,
3: perhaps not according to the numbers, but if you look at their form, you can't, you know, you can't see them winning a good portion of their last games. They might win, they might get a couple more wins, and they might do a bit better, but I can't see them really surging
0: mm-hmm. for the title. Yeah, That's they, pretty... they've been helped by the fact that in recent weeks they've obviously played Oracan. Yesterday, who were, who are useless. Um, they've played Newells recently as well. Yeah. And, and so on, which I think has probably helped certainly get their confidence back, which could be a, a vital yeah. point. I think mm. the
1: key is that um, it doesn't matter how many points uh, there are behind Vélez at the moment, the problem is how many teams are in the middle, mm. in between yeah. Yeah. Boca
0: and where are. The, there are, are more clubs above them who are capable of winning more points exactly. than, than they are.
2: Exactly. The big question for me and Seba definitely is if Racing are one of them. Um, from what we saw on the weekend, you have to kind of think, maybe not.
3: Mm. <laughs> well, if Racing went down...
2: 2-1 two 2-1 one? Two two one, one, yeah to Argentinos after, after leading 1-0 at half time and it could have been you know 2-3 or three easily and then it was a mixture of Racing self-distracting and the referee once again yeah giving us a big slap in the face.
1: <laughs> yeah now Racing are 5 points behind
2: yeah. and I think still 5 points behind between
1: it. Racing and Vélez there must be at least 8 eight teams yeah, 8 different teams um, and Racing they have a kind of an. I wouldn't say easy fixture because uh, n- nothing is easy in, uh, in Argentina these days. But they have they have played plenty of clasicos already. They mm-hmm. played the Estudiantes, uh, they they play several difficult teams, and they have a pretty uh, accessible.
2: Yeah, I uh, think coming up they've got Newell's, Quilmes, Gimnasia to play Arsenal. Rota, Playa Arsenal who well, looked, it's yeah. River, uh, this
1: River this weekend, the next one, yeah, would well, be the last? Arsenal, classical. Newell's, yeah, a couple of uh, Quilmes, couple of uh, winnable uh, games, so uh, that could that could trigger a title chase yeah. for, for, for Racing. But the thing, uh, and this is me turning into fan mode <laughs> now, right? But Racing lost five games this season, the, well, this Clausura, and after, uh, well, before this before this defeat against Argentinos, after three of those four defeats that Racing had, the referee was suspended because mistakes he made that affected the, the outcome of the game and affected Racing directly.
3: Yeah,
0: this has been a bit of an issue this weekend because a couple of referees in the, the lower divisions have also been suspended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and with
1: Racing uh, Racing, uh, they're guilty of wasting so many chance, too many chances, uh, especially in the first half. Same as they did last week against Independiente, but they were they managed to, to, to win anyway 2-0. But um, in the second half, Racing when, when Argentinos equalized, one minute later, Racing goes one man down because of a second yellow for Franco Succolini, which I think is deserved. And I think it was a mistake from the from the player, not the referee, because he pulled the shirt, and he was already booked. Uh, but after that, even with ten men, Racing played a little bit better than Argentinos Juniors, created chances, and then Teófilo Gutierrez, who scored Racing goal uh, uh, in the first half, uh, got inside, got inside the area. And he was downed by contact from by one of Argentinos mm. Junior's defenders. And the referee didn't didn't think it was a penalty, so he gave him a yellow card. But Teofilo never dived, mm. never mm. simulated a, a, a contact or, or, or something. And it was so clear, I, I didn't even need a replay. No, it uh, was
2: a diabolical decision. Absolutely. It was terrible. And
1: and it means that Teo, will be the top goal scorer for Racing will be suspended for uh, yeah. the big match against River and it means that Racing didn't have the chance to take a penalty and go back into winning ways and and, and win the game
0: although I did read a report just before coming out that with the suspension of the referee the AFA might also be lifting the yellow card it's which a would have been the possibility play against yeah we
2: River. were we were talking about this just a little bit earlier before you before you arrived and one thing that could weigh against Teo is that he also did a yeah, shocking, yeah. shocking tackle on uh, Marabogado and basically Lovely left up. his Lovely, right. left his studs showing all up his leg. So, yeah. and the referee, he didn't get booked for that one, so they might kind of take it as six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah,
1: well, the referee, I think he was very close to the action when Teo hmm. went really awfully with, with, with his studs first. And the referee didn't didn't even gave, gave a free kick to Argentina Juniors. I, I think he was conditioned by his own mistake and, and on monday today earlier he admitted that he made a mistake and he and the booking shouldn't should have never been a booking and he should have gave, uh, given racing a penalty but it's too little too late for, uh, from a f- racing fan point of view and it happened against the estudiantes when Theo scored a perfectly valid goal and racing ended up losing the game when when they were that was the go ahead goal for racing so now it's 6 points that the referees have directly taken off of Racing. And uh, Racing would have been top of the table and now they're five points behind and, and with a with a mountain to climb in some aspects. It, so it's forth. been
2: very kinda of interesting. Well as always with Racing like you have to uh, kind of accept that at the start of the season for the rest of the games you're gonna suffer and suffer pretty terribly. But the interesting thing is we've lost five game five games now and you could say that probably one of them Racing deserved to lose against Linus because they fell apart and they got beaten 4-1 you can't really argue about that but with the others i'd say apart from that game where we fell apart in the second half the only game that Racing really played badly and deserved to lose was against Orakhan which was actually a draw the other four defeats or three defeats as we say like they could should have at least got a point and probably in two, two of them deserved to win
0: if only championships were decided on. How the it, clubs would be, fans it would they be. Wonderful, yeah. It would one, be one.
2: One thing it reminds me of, though, and, and I
0: suppose in a way, at least, you're not, you know, quite as hard done by. Was that in midweek uh, we'll get on to talking about the Copa Libertadores properly, in a little while. But also at Atletinos Juniors Stadium, Atletinos, who needed a draw to qualify uh, for the second round for their knockout stages of the Copa Libertadores, lost 4-2 to Fluminense of Brazil, which we were talking about, in fact, on the podcast two weeks ago, the, the chances of going through. And the, the fourth goal for Fluminense meant that they qualified at the expense of Nacional in Uruguay. And I don't know whether any of you guys saw it, but it was an absolute joke of a decision. It, it was yeah. similar to what you were saying about the day or penalty, which should have been a penalty. It, it was just as clearly a dive. And when it happened, I didn't need the replay to to say, yeah, well, he's, he's he, he was two feet away from the defender. And I think it was Fred... Went down over over one of the Argentinos defenders or goalkeepers um, challenge and then scored the penalty and if, I'm, if I've been a Nacional fan watching that, because they'd, they'd finished their, their 0-0 draw with Club América de Mexico uh, a few minutes earlier and were waiting on the result of that game and thought that they'd gone through and then to get a decision like that yeah, in stoppage time was, if, if
1: Fluminense, the, Fluminense, they were uh, leading 3-2 and if that was the final score, Nacional would have uh, yeah, advanced, yeah, yeah. but Fluminense yeah. scored the fourth goal and it, it, it meant that they difference. went through a goal difference. They had the same goal difference, but mm-hmm. more goals scored than Nacional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
3: we're uh, still talking about the, the league. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, yeah I was going to say, we'll go to about the doors. Trying to, trying to think of perhaps an explanation for all these bizarre results of all the top teams losing, and I'm, I'm just wondering if... The Argentinian team seem to have a problem, for some reason, uh, playing two games in a week. Mm. They, they can't yeah. seem to cope with it, wh- whereas most teams in the world can. And um, They've also been... This is the second year, at least in a row, now that, that they've
0: been pretty poorly represented in the Libertadores. As right, well. and
3: it's a matter of not being able to to balance their resources yeah. and, and whatever. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if that may be explaining how, Velez uh, and Estudiantes can both lose matches. We'd think that they would win normally, and, and perhaps some of the other results. Well, none of
2: them played midweek, so. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That's yeah, well, uh, Velez did. They played the. Uh, the game, the 84 minutes that were left against right. San Lorenzo, yeah, yeah. yeah which they won. Ended in not. a wonderful fight between the uh, journalists. Oh. They managed to still have <laughs> a fight in an empty stadium between the reporters and journalists of both teams. So they managed to somehow, yeah, yeah. That, that have was each other.
0: that. That was a defeat for San Lorenzo. Um, they lost two nil. With yeah. It was Santiago Silva and Augusto um, Fernandez. And Augusto Fernandez
1: some, some, some friends of mine called him Disgusto Fernandez, but <laughs> <laughs> It's Augusto um,
0: And then linked on to that And also linked to one of the games That, that one of us saw this weekend at least um, Was another defeat for San Lorenzo they, they went down 1-0 away to Tigre After which Ramon Diaz, Formerly of Oxford United Some English fans may remember and also, formerly the most <coughs> successful manager in River Plate's history,
1: resigned. he almost, uh, he almost became QPR manager too in <laughs> 2004. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the end, Ian Holloway he managed to pull <laughs> seven wins together. <laughs> yeah,
3: um, I was at the, 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 the Tigre match, and the not not that much to report about the match. There was uh, again, it was a I think it was a controversial decision. I from the stands, you couldn't tell whether the, the Tigre scored in the first what was it the first minute, the first two minutes yeah. Oh. Yeah. from an yeah. own goal but there was some doubt as to whether it crossed the line or not. Uh, but then the rest of the match, uh, not a lot of chances created. Uh, ended up being 1-0 for Tigre. And then upon getting home, I, I heard that Ramon yeah. Diaz had, had quit, which surprised me. Yeah, yeah surprised I I can't, well. uh, can't see. He said, uh, I'd, I'd like to be fighting for the title and I'd like to be at the top of the table. And yeah. uh, As he said, he's the most successful manager who's currently, well, he was the most successful manager that was currently in the in the league. Um, and I, I don't know. I can't yeah, think so of an explanation as to why he. Some
1: so, so, well. Because
3: then I think that badly. Like everybody, like no, everybody, there are a few points off. Although well, there was yeah. Like, um, on a,
2: yeah, it was a bit of a, a hoo ha the other the other week about Nestor Gorosito. And if you saw these rumours, That uh, basically came out in the press. I don't know if it had any truth to it whatsoever, but it doesn't stop people from printing it necessarily. That the San Lorenzo president Abdo had been talking to uh, people Gorosito. I don't know if they were talking necessarily about him taking over, but Diaz got got his defences up, and I think he might have even threatened to quit at that point. But uh, he what, came around and said, oh,
3: "It's nothing to do with the club. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy with the club." I had, you know. But yeah, you never know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I was about to point out that uh, the relationship between new president Abdo and Ramon Diaz was Very never cool, yeah. never no, a good one. No, exactly. They no. have exchanged exchanged blows in on, uh, on, on, on the press, so I think that was. That is partly The yeah. reason Why he left But then Some people uh, Sees uh, Ramondia's decision Of quitting now As a As a way of showing His winning mentality Like I'm not competing For anything So I I better quit And I better let Somebody somebody else Do the job But some other people Will think It's a cowardly act like, Yeah It's just know,
3: bizarre that We always talk about how, how the directors And, and the, uh, the owners Are so So quick To, to fire managers When they're after a few bad results but in, in this case I think it's a manager being impatient as well and not having any long term project in mind it's like well we're not we're not going to win this this season or yeah.
2: probably not so I'm, I'm going to quit I yeah. mean especially saying what coming back to what Seb was saying about him being a coward you got to t- think about the timing I of didn't situation. say he was a coward <laughs> I
1: said I think, some yeah. people think oh, this right, is okay. a cowardly
2: okay. act I mean no? uh, okay. I didn't so, say he was I said that some people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some people would say he's a coward yeah but the timing of this is very interesting because the weekend that's coming, San Lorenzo have their big classico against Huracán. So to walk out, yeah, a week before the biggest game of their season, which it will be now because it looks like they're not going to change to the league or the Sudamericano. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's fairly suspect. Yeah, yeah, leaving them, yeah. leaving them kind of high and dry, I think, and it's not particularly and impressive.
0: And one thing it almost guarantees is that we're going to have to put up for the next two months whilst the season's going on with endless. Ramon Díaz yeah. is going to take over at River yeah. at the yeah. end of the season rumors, which always happens when Díaz is not already readily employed whether or not anybody's actually yeah.
2: substantiating these yeah. things I mean I heard as well that he um, linking him to Racing at the end of the season if Russo decides to leave what would you two think of that I, I wouldn't be uh, unhappy with that I don't want cowards at Racing <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> we've already got Russo I mean some exactly. information we've had recently You know, some yeah. people could call him a, a coward <laughs> Um, what information have you had recently, <laughs> now? I couldn't possibly share it. Say. <laughs> <Okay. a> confidence. <laughs> but I have it on good authority that is um, uh, Cagon Tor Terrible. Of course,
1: yes Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were, we were mentioning this just before we Well, f- favourite to, to coach, uh, to coach uh, San Lorenzo during the weekend against Huracán Will be Miguel Ángel Tojo as an interim coach mm. uh, Who is a very good friend of mine, incidentally And uh, I wish him all the best <laughs> In any other situation, I would like Huracán to beat San Lorenzo Now I'm torn, because I don't, I don't...
0: Seb, I, I feel compelled to ask, because I, I'm not sure as much as any of our listeners is that sarcasm or <laughs> no
1: no, no it's, uh, he is uh, one of my best friends uh, is his nephew oh, and okay. yeah I, I have worked together with uh, Miguel Ángel Tojo um, doing his website and stuff like that and he's um, a top man and he has experienced Coaching the the some some listeners, might my remember him because he was the coach of the under 17 of Argentina. Of
0: course, he yeah. won
1: the Panam the Panam Games, the, the soccer tournament of the Panam Games, and and he worked with uh, with Tokali, with Peckerman, mm-hmm. with Bielsa. So, good experience working working with youngsters, and had a l- couple of experiences in the lower divisions with Banfield uh, as a, as a manager. Um, and a number of, of, of other uh, clubs Ferro I think too so I wish him all the best
2: <laughs> and I kind of more long term one of the names I've seen today being linked with um, San Lorenzo is the Brazilian coach Silas who played in San Lorenzo I think yeah, for about was a, 3 years he was an idol he's an idol yeah. yeah I mean that was probably more before my time I think I was about 8 or 9 when he was playing but can you tell us anything about him as a player in San? Odense oh, he was this? immense. They they won the league with him in '95 after
1: 21 years, and he was crucial. He played in in for Brazil in Italy '90, yeah. and um, that was the game in which Maradona dribbled around a couple of Brazilians and then right. passed it to Caniggia. Why
3: Brazil had about 25 chances to score and, and somehow didn't? Exactly,
1: and and the, the the curious thing about this is that I've seen that go many many times and. <laughs> When you, when you see the game again You see Silas w- warming up Getting ready to <laughs> to uh, Get into the game And then the camera cuts yeah. Because Maradona is on the ball And then Canizia's
2: score? <laughs> is beautiful So I, every
1: time I see Silas
2: face I, I smile <laughs> so it's a good memory for you it's a good memory yeah. Yeah. you'd like to see him on the bench more to yeah. bring he back those happy memories he didn't
1: do quite well in his last spell at uh, Gremio in, in Brazil
2: no. he was a manager of Gremio but yeah. <coughs> didn't have much no, I believe luck. now he's manager of uh, Abai uh-huh. from Florianópolis
0: yeah. it will be an interesting appointment because we've, we've mentioned several times already this year that the Brazilian league is much more there's much more money there and it's so intensely, Argentine's moving it, yeah. to Brazil rather than Brazilians coming to Argentina mm. at present. So that yeah. that would be an interesting one. Although I guess San Lorenzo are probably one of the the relatively few clubs who can afford to pay a manager yeah, a nice really good a wage. Manager, I, think I think Ramon think Diaz was yeah. possibly the, the most highly paid manager in the country, wasn't it? Before he yeah, he it resigned, be. or certainly one of the top yeah. two or three, given his
3: his media team. image and, and all on the rest of it as well. Uh, just before we move on from talking about the league, I was just I tried to come up with a bit of an explanation before as to why all these top teams lost. Can, can you guys think of any other reasons you can think of? Um, in,
1: in I think Vélez case and, and Estudiantes are different, are slightly different. Uh, Vélez might start getting a, a bit tired, but Estudiantes, think it's a bit different. I think that well, they changed the coach mm. right before the start of both <coughs> Copa Libertadores and, and the Clausura. And I don't think they found their rhythm yet. And, yeah. and Vélez, on the other hand, they started poorly and now they're, they're really playing good football. Well, except for this uh, hiccup against uh, Um But yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a matter of uh, the clubs uh, here in, in Argentina not having uh, the resources needed mm-hmm. to compete yeah. in both uh, tournaments. The last team that was able to do that regularly was Boca Juniors under Bianchi, and then nobody else. Yeah. If a team did well in the in the continental competitions, it was because they were not being dedicated yeah. a lot to the domestic league and and vice versa. So um, yeah, I
0: mean, it's it's a very often repeated start that no side since the short championships came in has won both the Klausura and the Copa Libertadores, mm-hmm. um, playing them at the same time. So. There's certainly something in that, I think
2: But I wonder on a more general level like This is just kind of an idea I'm going to throw out for you guys Yeah. Do you think, if you look at the teams that are at the top But have also lost quite a few games One thing that really strikes is that All of them have dropped a lot of points at home mm-hmm. Racing, Riva, Estudiantes like, They've all kind of lost, I think, two or three home games Do you think, kind of, just for so these bigger Over the bigger, course of the season Over the course of the, the season, than, yeah,
0: just the
2: yeah. I mean, do you think that for these big teams like the pressure that they're getting from their fans like these kind of 40,000 that fill in the big stadium do you think they're kind of shrinking under it because I get the feeling that happens at Racing sometimes
0: it it wouldn't surprise me in in some instances particularly with there being at present so many young players being brought through Mm. even more than they're historically up in Argentina I mean River as you say have have done more poorly than you would expect at home particularly for a team who actually are having a very good season um And they've got a lot of young players in in the squad at the moment, and I'm not sure about the average age of Cologne, but that's certainly. (laughs) Although they're certainly not challenging, but their points won away from home compared with the points Mm. they've won at home is is remarkable because they've been. I think they've got they've had one draw this this year at home, and the other five games they've played at home have all been losses. But they've done really well away. Yeah, it
3: seems to be a trend over the whole league. Because I I mean, this weekend, not, not including the game that's happening almost as we speak, but I think there was only two home wins. Out of the nine games so far mm. So Yeah It's quite strange right? Yeah And the, the yeah. week before
1: It was five home wins Five draws No away wins I mean it's a crazy league yeah. It's impossible <laughs> to To an, analyse Like to, yeah. to, to, to say This is really what is going on I mean nobody knows <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a combination of A uh, million factors I mean Yeah uh, If you could
0: come up with some kind of matrix Then you can make a hell of a lot of money But that's a It's time league <laughs> yeah. If you could actually work out All of right. the reasons yeah. well right?
2: Yeah I wonder Yeah about the pressure Like the one you know, obviously the game I went to this week was uh, Racing Argentinos And It was an away game, actually, in La Patronal. But before the game, of Racing were in the situation. If they won and took three points, it would have been two points off the of Fellas at the top. Mm. And still and with, the, with the game against Vélez. Exactly, uh, yeah, which could be... In the future. Could be, like, a determining, yeah. Yeah, but it's the last yeah. game
1: of the season.
2: But the chant was coming up, you know, before, since about half an hour before kick-off it was um, ser campeon, que like to be champion we've got to win today yeah. and you've got to think you know it's a lovely lovely thing to be able to sing from the terraces but it's a hell of a lot of a weight to put on these guys yeah. who are, you you know, they are they mainly, first um,
3: on the weekend if, if they would have yeah. just been more relaxed and, and gone out and won 2-0 yeah. or something because yeah. as you said you talked about Franco Zucolini before he's mm. only you know, he's a 20 year old he's already been to Europe and back whatever mm. but a silly, a silly foul yeah. to get a second he yellow he's
2: a man possessed like he's Especially for the for the red card challenge, I knew it was coming because he started off in the centre circle, and he was just running around like a headless chicken, looking for someone to to tackle or kick. And he ended up pursuing this guy right down to the bottom the bottom left corner flag and committing the foul. Like as soon as he started chasing, I just knew it. It was like now this is it. This is the second yellow coming now. Yeah, he lost it. But, he lost uh, his head, yeah.
1: Talking about this phenomenon of of uh, big teams losing at home and mm. uh, this is something that in the past and I, I think up to till the 90s mid 90s never happened like mm-hmm. uh, nobody a uh, team like Godoy Cruz or or Quilmes or Arsenal they would never dream of
2: going to La Bombonera and win well this and shows in the fact that you know all of these teams River and Boca they have their own nouns for when they get Defeated at uh, are the same as uh, Bomboneras or Monumental <laughs> mm. so, But now it's not even worth kind of using these because it happens yeah. as much as Tigre, it doesn't. Uh,
1: Tigre scored five yeah. in Núñez against River a mm. couple of seasons yeah. ago or well, well, last season. Well, last last season, season. Other, other okay. Yeah, so I think it's uh, uh, it's interesting because I think these teams, based on the success that sites like Lanús had, they won the f- first ever league recently, Banfield as well, Estudiantes mm. starting to dominate and is not considered one of the big five mm-hmm. uh, teams, Argentinos Juniors winning the league two uh, I think it's, it's giving these uh, small sides courage to yeah. try and, and, and mm. don't be so conservative, the, because they went to La Bombonera to trying to lose by two
0: yeah. mm. and
1: save a, a bit of face but they never challenged for for the game but now they're now they're taking the game and, and the real pressure is on the on the home team to to try yeah, and beat them yeah. and i think it's uh, Boca and River are a bit different cuz all the best players they really want to play for them all mm. the time like it's like boyhood uh, dream for many of them and then if you go a, a, a tier below you see Racing, Independiente, San Lorenzo to play for those three teams, I think it's the most difficult job in football these yeah, days. Definitely. because the structure of these clubs is not a, uh, is not one of a big team anymore. Uh, they're they're in crisis. Uh, well, ups and downs for San Lorenzo and and Racing. Racing a bit on the, on the up uh, nowadays. Uh, Independiente on a, uh, on a downwards spiral. Like there, there's a crisis that seems to have no end for for them right now. So the problem is. In the past, these three teams went to in the market try try and get the best team, be, the best player from uh, from 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 a team in the provinces or the best youngster, and this guy w- would have loved to sign for Racing Independiente or San Lorenzo. Now he wants to play for Lanús, he wants to play for Banfield, he wants to play for for Arsenal because, because
2: he can reach Europe just as easily from Lanús or Banfield. Exactly, as Boca, yeah.
1: and the fans will never uh, put th- 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 so much pressure on them and. No. They don't. They don't have the pressure of, of winning the league, as these big teams do. Yeah, even if they don't yeah. have the resources to do it. Exactly, yeah. because the fan the fan of these teams still yeah. thinks with the big team mentality, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the big team fan mentality mentality, and it doesn't happen uh, at other clubs. And also, the economic the, the economic factor also plays there because they say, okay, if I go to Lanús, I know at the end of the month I will get paid. Mm. I know. I won't have a problem I, I, I can play uh, if I go to Argentinos Juniors I can play Copa Libertadores and I can uh, I can do that if I go to Racing or San Lorenzo so I think that changed uh, the, the the map uh, in Argentina and, and these teams just uh, between
2: the big two and the rest are the ones that are suffering the most Just the question I've got about Independiente I don't think we've mentioned them too much but they drew to all this week with always and they're about three or four points I think away from the promocion. After being two 0 up with after being
0: two yeah. or fifteen minutes to play. Yeah.
2: And do you think their kind of recent slide, you could say probably from yeah the middle of two thousand ten, do you think it's got anything to do with the economic situation? Because this is like the thinking of the Racing fan, which is obviously not the most objective that they've now run out of the money they got from selling uh Cornogüero.
1: Yeah.
0: And now that
2: yeah, now they're kinda of paying the price with a team that's Nowhere near as good. Like, do you think there's the much th- truth in that? Or is the it fact out? that
0: they've run out of that money as well is visible when you go to the stadium. Yes, because yes They, exactly. they, they use that transfer to fund the this construction yeah. of the new stadium, and it's been on halt now yeah. for for the last year. But I think yes, on sir. the
2: footballistic side, it's um, it's taking its toll as well. Yeah, thank yeah. you.
3: I'm wondering because are they, are these are one of these. Situations where they still have a stake in Aguero and they're, they're hoping he gets sold to Chelsea or something for, yeah. like for 60 million. If, if he gets sold, then
0: as the club that developed him, they, they're entitled to a percentage anyway under FIFA regulation. Yes. So they're probably but hoping But, but, but he has
1: to be sold to a different uh, to a club in a different federation. If he gets sold to Real Madrid, yeah. mm-hmm. Independiente will see nothing, w- nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs to move to another country.
0: And it, but that's not because they've got a stake in his right. registration, though, it's because the it, be, FIFA uh, kind it of protects yeah. the, the club who, who exactly. brings him yeah.
2: Yeah, I think if Atlético Madrid play, paid 20 million euros for him, they'd make sure that he got that they got all of his, all of his rights. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think the, the the financial
1: aspect is is heavy for Independiente, but uh, but also the destruction they got by playing Copa Libertadores with a yeah, yeah. squad that is not very strong or very deep. So now they, well they won the Copa Sudamericana last season, basically by
2: ignoring the league.
1: Ignoring the league and they went ten weeks without a win mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in the apertura, and now they're struggling with the with the point average in uh, in in a. In a Relegation table.
0: Although, as we've mentioned, they they can sort of afford to because at the end of the season they're going to have a really poor season wiped off that table. Yeah, because they last need to. Season yeah, much they much need to survive this time. They need to the survive
1: standard, until yeah. the end of the, the Clausura, five. and they'll they'll be fine. They'll be high up the table in the relegation standings next season.
3: And I think they have looked better since since getting knocked out of the Copa Libertadores. So even though it ended up, as as you said, 15 minutes ago they were leading two nil, and whatever happened at the end, but. Yeah, since since then they've, they've looked a bit better. Now that they're concentrating solely on the league again, yeah. they, they should be okay.
0: Right? I apologise, by the way, for the background noise for the listeners. It often comes out far louder on the recording than than uh, it seems to us and we can hear a police probably somebody is, somebody's
1: still in a, a stereo in a car yeah, okay. I don't know where we're in that <laughs> kind of area of town that's
0: that's how we roll um, but it seems like a fairly good opportunity to go and replenish our Fernet glasses and put the microphone down for a second and hope that that didn't stop there it is it's just gone <laughs> Right. We'll get some more for anyway ice anybody <laughs> So the Copa Libertadores uh, We've already mentioned Argentinos Juniors' Exit At the hands of A
2: defeat to Fluminense And also it came At the end of that At the end of that match I think Happened something Which seems to almost Be a tradition For Argentine teams Going out of yeah. the Copa oh, Libertadores yeah. Pathetic An incredible right? fight Like there's some horrible like karate kicks and everything going in. Which, sh-
0: which, in fairness to him, very unusually for Argentine sides going out of the Gopoli Vertadores, the, the goalkeeper, Junior, Juniors, actually apologised for. Yeah. He kind of accepted the blame and said that he, he got caught up in the heat at the moment and normally you don't get that. Yeah, Nicolas get, Navarro. Yeah.
2: yeah, but he definitely cited it. Like, yeah. cause they oh. all seemed alright as they were going off the pitch. They were uh, yeah, saying goodbye to each other and shaking hands and then... Suddenly, it all kicked off, and it's an yeah. incredible The problem is, uh, Escudero—he is a thug. I mean, he studied it,
1: and ap- apparently, the Brazilians were uh, celebrating a bit too much. But what do you expect? I mean, they—they w- they got the, the last-minute winner. Of course, they, they were all but right out. In. I mean, they could be a bit over the top celebrating their happy people and I mean, what uh, I, <laughs> a
2: bit what too I, happy for us what I heard after the game as well was apparently um, <laughs> the fluminense fans had to stay in the stadium for I think three hours afterwards because the Corinthians fans just yeah were they were just waiting in, yeah waiting outside the stadium and there was
0: quite a fuss before the game actually as well I remember seeing in, on the website of one of the, the newspapers um, that a bunch of Fluminense fans got arrested near the Obelisco in central Buenos Aires seemingly for not doing very much more than sort of congregating and mm. standing around having a couple of drinks or whatever um, the
2: same happened to Nas- was it Nacional or Peñorol I think it was Nacional in that Peñorol. Dinos Peñorol. Oh, oh no and one of them kicked off there I think a uh, policeman got hit between the eyes with a rock or something but hmm.
0: When it's Uruguayans visiting Argentina,
2: you maybe expect it slightly more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> the Wouldn't long that brought, footballing tradition. Quite <laughs> a few quite up. a few people. Like they yeah. they didn't fill yeah. that stand, but they definitely had a couple of thousand people there. It's impressive. Yeah.
0: Um, the, elsewhere in the in the COP although we've now only got, well, sorry to report, uh, two sides left standing in Argentina for the knockout stages. <laughs> to the Anthes, um, Belis Santosfield. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, mm. <laughs> the, the two who the, you would have picked if you'd been told. To, uh, the only two are going to go through because Independiente and Godoy Cruz both ended up going out. Godoy, same group, same group, yeah. yeah. I mean, pretty much inevitably, Godoy Cruz couldn't get that uh, win away in, in Quito that they needed. They, they held out really well, I thought, for the first half of there. We're talking nearly two weeks ago now, in fact, as we record, um, uh, of that match, but then conceded twice in the second. Um, Independiente, as we already knew, were virtually out anyway. They managed to go out with a win. They, they beat Penarol 1 0 in the Centenario. But they needed to beat old 8-0 And over the other game Finished goalless So Veles and Estudiantes uh, have Is it Veles who have Liga? Yeah Vélez
2: uh, Liga
0: uh, yeah. And Estudiantes are playing Who in the knockout stage can anyone remember? Good question uh. You can tell we've researched This, this yeah, episode I saw it at the times. I, like
2: I wasn't expecting this question you know? yeah, yeah me neither, neither. They but then you went through With a fantastic comeback Oh win. that was amazing I Won't talk about it too much Because it's not even though they've got about six Argentines in their team yeah. and the,
1: the, the, the one who scored the last two goals well three goals for Cerro Porteño were from yeah. Argentine players and the yeah. managers uh, Leo Leonardo Australia. Estrada former River player
0: and uh, of course one of their manager. players is uh, although most of their Argentine players are probably there um, because they've struggled to make it in the Argentine mm. top flight or whatever with no disrespect meant to the Paraguayan League one of their players is certainly going to go on to greater things because Juan Manuel Torre yeah. is yeah. playing for Cerro Porteño um,
1: but so they, they uh, Jonathan Fabro, former Boca Juniors player mm-hmm. He got two terrific goals like, yeah. uh, Colo Colo, they were tuned it up at home And everything was mm-hmm. done and dusted And then uh, Cerro Porteño scored three goals And the last one was, was a sensational free kick and, and beautiful, beautiful yeah, free kick Yeah, In the last minute or yeah. two minutes So
0: how, how do we think that these, that these two will do in that Ties, I think. I think, right. I think I mean, ne- neither of it. the yeah. opponents are easy. No, and obviously, Velez have got the altitude of Quito to contend yeah. with as well as a very, very good yes. side that they're playing against.
2: I mean, I, I don't know, probably seen more of the Libertadores for work than maybe some of you guys, but yeah. so I can liked. say, <laughs> yeah, but
3: Quito, the same team they were a couple of years ago, they, they seem to be it's slightly less impressive
2: same but manager, but I mean, are they yeah.
3: as good as they were? I, d- well, I don't
0: think they're quite as. They have a better keeper. Flowing. They have a
1: better keeper yeah. than before. Um, Sebastos was terrible. Forty-seven <laughs> year old, maybe <laughs> ninety-five year old. I don't
0: know. And, and I really like, I, I really like Luis Polanios, But I mean, I think you're right. They, they were certainly better and more kind of cohesive and, and faster as a yeah. unit so, when they, they
3: won the Libertadores. feel business, like they, so have they have a chance So I
2: think, if I'm not mistaken, and I very well could be. The first leg is in Quito I believe No first leg is oh, in the first the leg, leg. Okay that's It's that's in little, yeah. So they need to
1: get a, At least two goals Cushion To yeah. Yeah. That's to definitely to a big yeah.
2: That's definitely a big Help for Velez, Having that first leg In Argentina So it means I can get An advantage But I know I got Absolutely pasted For this on, on one, of an, one of the articles I wrote Last week Or the week before uh, Bringing up the Altitude Issue for Quito Because Someone said I was Disrespecting them By bringing it up But you can't deny that it makes a big difference if, no. i don't know if any of you guys watched the liga goro again yeah it was defi- it was completely completely equal maybe well, goro had a bit better of the game at, in the first half but halftime after halftime liga just pulled away
0: absolutely yeah. and, and and we said this 2 or 3 weeks ago on here when we were previewing that match as well that liga de quito are a very very good team and, yeah. and the ecuadorian be in, is strong at yeah. the moment and they've shown that recently in... In terms of the, some of the continental trophies, especially the Liga, have won. Mm. But there's absolutely no denying that no. altitude plays a role yeah. <laughs> in the, the, the kind of physical makeup of if anybody who's not accustomed to, to going and playing yeah. at that altitude. We saw the same yeah. thing yeah. in Mexico City when did I think to play to America that, and so on.
1: Yeah, proof proof to that is when they won the Copa Libertadores, they hammered Fluminense at mm. home, and then they went to the, Marac- the Maracana Stadium and they lost by. I don't ex- I don't remember exactly the score, but it was the craziest scoreline. Yeah, it was for like 4-0 and 3-0 three, three Yeah, or something, something like yeah. that. 4-0, 3-0. Like yes, like yes, nil, nil. I mean, if you lose 3-0 at sea level, and then you beat the same team in the altitude 4-0, it means that the altitude uh, has an impact. I mean, it's yeah, not no. just...
0: I mean, when I, when I went to... I, I've never been anywhere near as high as Keith or La Paz or anything, but when I went to Mexico City, I spent the first couple of days wandering around slightly short of breath
2: hmm.
0: n- nothing drastic and I, I didn't feel ill or anything But slightly short of breath and, and at times slightly dizzy before I'm accustomed to it and if that happens at Mexico City where you know it's actually slightly below the threshold that apparently altitude sickness really kicks in properly and we, Mexico City is about 2,000 metres above sea level of course it's going to happen in Quito and if, if it makes people for some people if it makes it difficult to do things like sightseeing at a relaxed pace imagine trying to play a football match <laughs> You know, it's it's not anything.
1: We're not athletes, but anyway. Exactly, it's, uh, exactly. It's, it's difficult. It's we're, difficult. W-
0: we're not denying, it's for one second. I think we w- we would all agree that these teams have the absolute right to play their home games at home. Yeah, I'd never that Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The, the, the occasion when FIFA a few years ago tried to take away Bolivia's right to play home matches in La Paz yeah. and, and set the altitude limit for for those matches, such that La Paz was the only capital city <laughs> in the world where people wouldn't be allowed to play, mm-hmm. because Argentina and Brazil had kicked up a fuss about it. Um, you know they, they have to be allowed to play at home, but also to pretend that it doesn't make a difference is 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 to fly in the face of all
1: of the evidence, essentially. But then Diego defended the rights of Bolivia. <laughs> yeah, uh, he advocated defended the altitude, the and then well. went up there and lost. <laughs> the
0: we, we can say a lot of things about Maradona, but after that defeat, he still continued to say that they had the right to yeah. play there. All credit to so, him.
2: All credit to him. Yeah, but I think generally in uh, the yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We could learn a lot from. <laughs> 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 I was going to say, uh, generally in the uh, Libertadores, from what I've watched, like, if you guys don't mind sticking your neck out, I'm going to do the same, and I think Cruzado are the ones that are going to yeah. look, because um, more than anything, because of their Argentine star like Walter Montillo. I don't know if we've mentioned him before on this podcast. Uh, yeah, I think we are talked about him. Yeah. It yeah He's a fantastic, fantastic player he's, like, uh, he's an Argentine number 10 But also very mobile He kind of like I'm not going to go crazy superlative But the way he runs with the ball Sometimes brings kind of these comparisons with Messi The way he kind of keeps it oh, in and controls No, just the way he kind of like <laughs> yeah, Controls the ball and dribbles with it I'm not saying he's anywhere near on the level He's, not, he's older than Messi like. <laughs> yeah, you're he's, older than first, he's the new old Messi, yeah But with him, like Cruzeiro, yeah. could Messi yeah. is the new Maybe Messi is the new Montija. For yeah. sure, the Brazilian,
3: yeah, Cruzeiro primarily in, and the Brazilian teams in general, yeah, yeah. yeah. A notch above everyone else. I, I think América and, and in group look like a,
0: again potential semi finalists. Yeah. I think that they can go far. But yeah, I, I definitely agree, Cruzeiro
2: at the group stage.
1: If it's not Cruzeiro, it's going to be a, uh, another f- another of the other four Brazilian yeah. teams. Santos definitely, definitely have a
2: good team to be there.
1: Yeah, and and this is something nothing to do with uh, Argentine football or anything, but there is a prospect of Internacional and Grêmio meeting in the quarterfinals, and I'm really looking forward for that. Yeah, it's one of the m- the, the for most. For
0: those who aren't familiar with The South American demographic, that's the Porto Alegre derby.
1: Yeah, um, exactly, in the south of Brazil, and it's a, it's a region in which they they would like to think they are independent from Brazil. They're not they don't feel like they're Brazilian they're gauchos they're <coughs> from Rio Grande do Sul yeah. often that's they seem
2: more Argentine to me like yeah people it's yeah. probably going to get very mm-hmm. negative well, feedback from Brazilians it, it probably <laughs> will but at the same time there's um, it,
0: it's of course Grêmio at the club who brought Ronaldinho through mm-hmm. and uh, there's a very uh, nice anecdote that I read somewhere once about uh, Lionel Messi's first day training with the Barcelona first team apparently he he kind of got out of his car and was wandering across to, to the training ground and he heard this guy shout. Che- che- Che boludo <laughs> with a really Argentine accent and he turned around and it was Ronaldinho <laughs> because a lot of people in that region talk yeah. Spanish With a in, in Uruguay um, Spanish is, is very similarly spoken to, to here in Argentina and they speak Spanish in, in that part of Brazil with a very strong Argentine accent
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> if we can drag this discussion kicking and screaming back into the world of Argentine football <laughs> and, and the, the subject at hand I think we'll take a very quick break now and then get on to Mystic Dan whose predictions last week were
3: No, uh, actually not Despite too the of results, I actually <laughs> got, in the end, three and possibly four. It depends on if we get a draw tonight, I'll, I'll have four, which so, is not bad, considering. So you're on par, essentially, considering. Yeah, that. considering you would never expect Estudiantes and Velas to lose. And nothing, is
1: that the farnet Is that the farnet I mean? Yeah, as
3: you
0: can tell, we're back on the planet. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back just after this short musical interlude.
3: start with uh, four home wins Gimnasia to beat Newells Manfield to beat Quilmes Boca to beat Independiente San Lorenzo to beat Huracán in uh, Clásico then Argentinos to win Away to always Boys uh, Racing River draw Godoy Cruz to beat Arsenal uh, Estudiantes Vélez draw Olimpo to beat Tigre and Colón uh, Lanús draw and what for QPR yeah, I have no idea. I
2: need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, Dan, I think you've sat on the fence terribly there for fear of offending the uh, respective fans of River and Rassing. here.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I just think it's going to be draw. Yeah,
2: I'm sure we can all
0: agree that a 5-0 win for Rassing with seven River goals, but wrongly disallowed is what's definitely going to happen, <laughs> <laughs> right? Let's
1: in Fantasyland,
2: mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, I, I, as ever, I think those are some sensible predictions, but we always say this. And yeah, yeah, say yeah. Non- you g- never really know. Gymnasia
1: g- <laughs> News, they play at home, and if they don't beat News, they might as well stop playing. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. You, you have to wonder whether, with Diaz resigning th- this weekend past, how long Gymnasia are going to give Van Gil Kappa? Uh, he's not exactly been bad for them, and the football has improved light years compared with what they were playing six months mm. ago um, yeah,
3: it probably will depend on games like this against Niels yeah, yeah. mm.
0: but at the same time it would be it would be stupid often given their situation to to get rid of the manager when they may well have a, a relegation playoff or whatever at the end of the yeah, season for sure. to, yeah. To, yeah. to go through I mean to, to then start the, sp- the process all over again with a new boss at this point would
1: be done and it's not like they're losing 3-0 every every game no. they're closing every it's game they getting
2: it's, him. Exactly. it's
0: actually the same thing That River did under cafa Which was play really nice football But just not put the ball in the net mm. Often enough mm. And of course River are Doing exactly the same thing As that now Under J.J.
1: Lopez So but this, this week is interesting Because uh, we were Talking about this over. Um, we have Three Clásicos uh, Boca yeah. Independiente yeah. Racing River uh, San Lorenzo Huracán And then we have uh, Argentinos against All Boys Which is a rivalry Because they're Close I think, yes, they're, yeah. I think their stadium Is in the same in the same street
2: yeah they're about not 15 only? blocks away from each other on the same yeah. street
1: yeah. yeah and also that street uh, takes you to Velez as well Donato Álvarez uh, Donato Álvarez is a uh, that's one it's kind of a corridor yeah. of
0: football yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the Argentinos All Boys <laughs> is not um, it's not the main Clásico but it's it, It's a Clásico it's well. a, a bit of really. a local it's rivalry so. yeah. Exactly. Sure. yeah they sing songs about each other when they're not playing each other and so on exactly it's all that kind of thing Um, And the other Clásicos For the weekend Of course Racing River San Lorenzo That's
1: the oldest Clásico In
0: Argentine football Yeah that's That's quite true Um, San Lorenzo Against Huracan And the other one Is Boca Independiente Yeah Of course um, Regular listeners Will be more than Familiar of us Talking about The big five Whatever, two of the big five play together, play against each other. It's, it's considered. A how, how do you
3: guys see? Firstly, how do you see Boca going against?
0: I league?
2: think Boca will bit Independiente. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure. I'd be surprised if they didn't.
0: I, even without Riquelme, they've got some confidence now that they after the win against Orachan, which may have been inevitable, but still. And, and Independiente. has got his, his it, it, uh, tail feathers up again. And, yeah,
1: and Independiente is one of the favorite clients for Palermo. He scored mm-hmm. uh, from <coughs> beyond the midfield line against them. Mm-hmm. He scored all sorts of <laughs> goals against them, and I, I was thinking that he, Palermo was gonna break this uh, run without
2: scoring mm-hmm. against Independiente, but mm-hmm. he he did it a week before. So maybe.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think yeah. Do you think if um, Independiente, Independiente loses this one, then that's the end for Mohamed, the the Rojo coach? <laughs>
1: What, what, what could be the way out for them? I mean, who could replace it? Yeah, I yeah. way yeah. says, the but he he but, uh, but uh, his record has been appalling the it's in been the local league yeah. for, for Independiente. Oh, yeah. And now uh, they have a serious danger of going to Promoción, both yeah. River mm. and, and Independiente. So it's not only the pride of playing in a Clásico, but it's also the consequence yeah. of losing yeah. and and Finding yourself in, yeah. in, in promotion places—I mean, yeah. that, that could be terrible. I mean, it, could be, it could be terrible for both teams' uh, morale uh, going forward. I mean, losing yeah. this classical will be
3: absolutely—and speaking objectively, you guys, uh, Racing River.
1: Well, I think it depends on whether they remove the yellow card for Teo or not. I mean, Racing yeah, is I a different sad. team with Teo, uh, with a bit more punch mm. with when, when he's playing and. Even even with him, Racing are wasting so many
2: chances, and River are very difficult to score against. So uh It's a very tough game to call, this one. I think what um, I was talking about with some friends in the Racing Stadium was the position of Almeida, hmm. and the opinion of one of my friends is that if Zuccolini was playing in this game, this was before he got sent off and suspended, that Zuccolini would kind of run rings around Almeida because his thoughts were Almeida doesn't run. Mm-hmm. And Zuccolini is like a, um, a hamster on his wheel. Well, they well, right. have yeah. the, yeah. the other, oh, have the other yeah, exactly. yeah, that's <laughs> true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you can say that about a lot of the attacking midfielders who Almeida comes up against, and yet yeah. He's, yeah, that's he's been... <clears throat> well, oh, I guess for of a to head in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked last week or the week before about how much we were all... When Almeida first came back for River, we were all thinking, what the hell are they doing? It seemed like a desperate throw of the dice, but he's been... Superb, and also he has Walter Acevedo alongside him to do his running for him. Yeah. He, who Acevedo? The one thing that I always say about him on Twitter when I'm on Twitter during a River match is that the only thing you can predict each week in the Argentine league is that Walter Acevedo will try a shot from about 35 <laughs> yards out, and
1: the once will game, the game, vas- roughly vas- halfway vas- through oh. the
0: second, roughly halfway through the second half, and it will nearly always balloon over the crossbar and go a million <laughs> miles wide. Um, <laughs> Is every single bloody week is <laughs> really annoying. <laughs> yeah, D- so I tell, yeah. tell you yeah. what, uh, I tell you what, I
1: tell you what, he's gonna try it against Racing and he's gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. score. <laughs> he's gonna because to <laughs> that's he, probably the he, way that Racing's luck goes. Yeah, yeah this is not only the oldest Clásico in Argentine football; it's also the the one that is more one-sided. I mean, River oh, really? completely owns Racing mm. in the, through history, and I think the difference is more than 40 matches or 30 wow. matches okay. in the head-to-head we ha- we're going to have to check that so that
3: could be a betting tip for our listeners uh, so Acelero to score yeah. in the second yeah. half bet, bet your house yeah. on no. it's, course, it's down there, yeah, even indeed. though he has just predicted it. <laughs> 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 yeah I was thinking nil-nil
0: draw as well yeah. so, but. no I I I, d- I do think, ob- obviously, we're all trying not to offend each other with, with our <laughs> comments on this game, but I, it, that's definitely the, the closest call <coughs> of the classicos yeah. this weekend going in, considering the form. The Argentinos All Boys one is that in La Paternal or in Floresta? Yes. Floresta, yeah. In Pass- okay, yeah. so so All Boys the home site for that. I d- I can yeah, see that. Did you, what you predict? Did you predict an Argentinos win? Yeah, I did with All Boys being at home, I can see them getting a draw. But I think Argentinos will have to start as favourites, especially after the yeah, the yeah. form that they've shown recently. They obviously lost for the first time a couple of weeks ago but otherwise they've been fairly impressive and,
2: and then the one thing I'd say is um for the other classical between Huracan and San Lorenzo mm. I can see Huracan nicking a point. They played awfully against Boca but apart from that, since uh, Pompei took over, they've looked they've looked a lot better than before. It would I have been hard to be worse It would have been hard to be worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could see yeah I could see that being a draw. Yeah, and, and
1: there was an Huracan fan on Twitter who was so funny. He said, "Okay, uh, Fabiani and Palermo they score against Huracan, mm. so yeah. probably San Lorenzo will play with San Filippo and he will score." And San Filippo <laughs> is 70 years old, maybe now. Yeah. He's uh, one of the top scorers in the history of, uh,
2: of the Argentine league. A- any
0: uh, listeners who've read Football in Sun and Shadow, Eduardo Galliano, uh, Jose San Filippo is, is mentioned. There's a yeah. chapter about him in that. Elene, the bit. kid, mm. uh, yeah. Fernando Torres of, of old. <laughs> 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 on that note, we've been recording for well over an hour now, so I think we oh, probably wait, better. Oh wait, wait, wait,
1: the oh. Checho Batista and Aguero situation. Oh, you're quite right. Yeah, yeah.
3: There, there's there's been we'll some. all uh, let's get let's get Dan's opinion now on the on the local selection after your captain Shaco, was injured. the yeah, meaning v- very briefly
0: and it, succinctly yeah. in a couple of words, Dan.
2: I feel completely left out, let down because last week I was defending it for the whole. You know, it was a great opportunity. Then the captain of Racing, Jacob, scores in this game and gets an injury and is put out for a month. So now, I hate him. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Nice to see you? you've, you've come to see some sense at last on the issue. No, just briefly on the...
3: Uh, there was uh,
0: there was a controversy over the actual real-life Twitter account of Sergio Batista. Yeah, before. there was this Twitter
3: account which appeared in a... In a in an article in one of the, the big newspapers here uh, I mean, Gladien saying that this was Batista's Twitter account yeah. it was like an interview with Batista so you assumed it was kind of true and also but
0: it's been treated for <clears throat> months as, as the, the actual Twitter account
3: well I always had doubts I was, I was saying telling these guys before because he says some stuff that you're like really would you say that on Twitter Um well, and so I does Christina Kish. <laughs> well, <laughs> <yes. coughs> But it comes out that, no, that that's not the account, and he's got this other account, which he's only tweeted like six times. Yeah. But the tweet that he made today, I think, was, um, uh, I've just met with Kun and, and...
1: We spoke about Copa America. <coughs> yeah. yeah. We
3: talked about the future, we talked about Copa America, and we're all, everything's on the right track, kind of thing. So, indicating that Kun is in his plans for the Copa America, which yeah. is very good news for Argentina.
0: It, it, it's big, because obviously, as we spo- spoke about a month or two ago, um, <coughs> there was a controversy over some players, unnamed players, being frozen out of the national side due to agitating for Diego Maradona to stay as manager when Batista was in the interim role. Um, Carlos Tevez is is obviously one of those, and Agüero seemed like a likely candidate to be the other, since he's Maradona's son-in-law. Um, and also, there's been no mention of Tevez being reincluded. No, no I, sure. I think but Tevez. We if Agüero's going to be, then in the form is no. in. It's a big win yeah. for sure.
1: And also, you know. Lucas Podolski. Uh, Frank Lampard Neymar all of them wanted Diego Maradona to stay yeah. as manager too so <laughs> as can, you, you can, can be Fabio sure Fabio Capello and <laughs> and everybody else yeah. so yeah that's true story <laughs> <laughs>
0: on that note I think we we can wrap up now hopefully I don't think we've forgotten anything else we're now sitting under a star clad <laughs> cabachito because we Just were ordered by Dan's English Dan's flatmate to turn the light off shortly after we started recording so we'll we'll wish you all good night from Cabachito, even if I manage to get this podcast online in the middle of the day tomorrow. It's good night from me, and it's good night from them. Chai. Chai.
1: Gracias.
2: Mm-hmm.